everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Each week, I'll be interviewing a nonprofit leader, and we will discuss their mission and core purpose, their challenges, as well as their victories. We will also take a behind-the-scenes look at how they plan to change the world for good. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. Hello, friends of the Talking Nonprofits podcast. I had the pleasure of speaking to the newest president of the Junior League of El Paso, Layla Zadin Safa. We find out what method the Junior League uses to transition a devil in the Junior League to an angel in the Junior League. And we also find out the impact she wants to leave during her presidency. So tune in and listen. Hi, everyone. I'm Taffney Hopper, the host of Talking Nonprofits. On the podcast today, we have the newest president of Junior League El Paso, Layla Zaren Safa. She's a native El Pasoan that has committed her life to helping others through various nonprofits such as Moms on Board and the Lebanese American Women's Club. You are truly a woman after my own heart, a woman of service to the community. So I really appreciate that. Welcome to the show, Layla. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for having me. But today, we want to dig into your role as the Junior League president. Tell our listeners the mission of the Junior League and the history behind its findings. So the Junior League is an organization of women committed to promoting volunteerism, developing the potential of women, and improving the community through effective action and leadership of trained volunteers. We have our history in El Paso since 1933, when we were a group of about 30 women that joined up together to follow in the footsteps of the National Association of Junior Leagues, which was started in New York City in 1901. The idea was that this would be a group of women who would get together and tackle the community's issues that that were specific to their community. So over time, we've done several different projects or programs, just depending on what our community is facing at that moment in in time. So that's where you'll see a lot of our um, our programs have varied and changed over the years. How do you come up with those campaigns and projects? We have, you know, our position statements that we try and stick to. Those help guide us. So again, children's health, women's health, abuse, violence. There, there are several. There are several instances that we look at very closely. But we have a group, a committee that researches throughout the year of their placement. They reach out to different nonprofits. They look at the city's agendas. They look at kind of what's happening in our city, in our state, nationwide. And we kind of go and research, have some forums, research what's going on. And then we also receive our our application proposals. So nonprofits come to us with ways that they think that we could help. In In 2017, 2018, we switched our impact, our focus area to programs or projects to embrace the areas and reduce the stigma around mental health. 
those are the projects and programs that we're working on now. We've asked the nonprofits that also have that alignment to submit proposals to us. What's the most significant campaign that you guys will be working on during your presidency? When we started this focus area on mental health, we knew that it was going to take some time to get started. We knew there was going to be an uphill struggle just in our community, knowing the stigma about talking about mental health, not talking about it. Do you have or going through a crisis? Or We knew that this was going to, to be something uh, slightly difficult. Given what we're going through now with the COVID-19 pandemic, People are expressing their need for for mental health help. So I think all of the projects now that we have going are all going to be really impactful. But the two that I feel have probably the most impact is one where we are working with NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Institution, on their program uh, called Ending the Silence. And that's where we are going to the area middle and high schools and sharing resources with the, with the young adults about having or going through a mental health crisis, what to do, where to go, if your friends are having or in need of some help, how to help them. So just getting everybody comfortable talking about the need for, for resources and help around mental health. And then the second one we're partnering with the El Paso Fighting Hunger Food Bank, which we signed uh, when we cited and voted as a as a league. This was in February, before we even had any idea that El Paso was going to be affected with the COVID nineteen and the the need of the food bank. So this project is meant to be setting up a, a mobile food site at an area high school. So that may change slightly, just depending on what the need of the food bank is, but that's what we're going to be working with. And I feel that one has a lot of impact. Yeah, those are two essential projects. You know, mental illnesses, you know, everybody has, you know, fights those feelings and some people may be bipolar, some people may be depressed. So I'm glad that you guys chose those projects and the food bank, you know, a lot of a lot of times they say that we're just one paycheck away from mm-hmm. needing food. So thank you for sharing that information. We know fundraising is so important for nonprofits, especially right now. Right now, and the largest fundraiser that you all implement is the Christmas fair. Could you tell our listeners more about the Christmas fair? So the Christmas fair has been a El Paso holiday tradition, kind of kick off the holiday season for 47, I believe this will be our 48th year. It is a holiday shopping market event. We draw thousands of, of shoppers and we bring vendors from all over the state to come and set up their, their booths. Ideally, we draw close to 15,000 shoppers over that weekend. The Christmas Fair is our largest fundraiser, and it is what, how we fund all of our projects and programs. How do you distribute the, the funding from the Christmas Fair? All the funds from the Christmas Fair go to support either the, the hands-on projects or helping continue our mission. So it goes to the training of our volunteers, running our our membership recruitment, and the the day-to-day office 
stuff that we have going. I know that you guys are volunteers. You're a volunteer. Vice presidents are volunteers. So it's a volunteer-based nonprofit. But volunteers also involve people management, right? I want to talk about people management from a leadership perspective. We have all heard of the novel, The Devil in the Junior League by Linda Francis Lee. She is a comedic, she's a comedic book into the culture of the junior league. Has there been some devils or undesirables in the junior league of El Paso? But most importantly, what tactics did you use to change the person from the devil into an angel? As you know, being an organization of of all women who are all extremely talented, capable, smart, and they all have their their hearts in the right place. But sometimes, as you know, things happen. You don't get selected for, for a position or somebody has a bad off day and they kind of make side comment to you and you, you know, things happen. What we've done over the past few years, knowing and, and trying to be better and, and become more capable leaders, we have in our training, uh, our training program where we talk about conflict resolution, how to, how to handle these difficult conversations. We have a little bit of like management type trainings that have been provided. So just the ideas of teaching ourselves how to handle these situations has really changed a lot of that dynamic over these past few years. And then a lot of times we've noticed it's, it has to do a lot more with you're just not happy being in in the organization. So a lot of times they 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 either resign or or retire. That has made that process also a little bit easier. And if we have to, depending on what it is now, we will talk with the person and see what's going on. Uh, what can we do to support? What is it that's happening? If there was a misunderstanding or if it was just something that, you know, is taken out of context, what is it that we can do? And we have found that having those conversations really helps change the dynamic of what's happening and is very helpful as everything in life, just talking things out proves valuable. You're saying communication is the key. Communication is the key. Yeah. I am a former member of the Junior League. I love the organization. It really enlightened me about so much, so much of the need in our community and beyond. For our listeners who are seeking service and sisterhood, how can they get involved? We have on our our website, jlep.org. There is a join now button or tab that you can click and a, a questionnaire will pop up and it will notify the, the person who is in charge that year for recruitment. You can also call our office phone number at 915-584-3511 and talk with our secretary, Armida, who will also put you in contact with whoever it is that happens to be in charge of recruitment. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. When the recruitment season kicks off, they'll have, depending on what's going on, but we'll have either virtual meetups or meetups around the city so you can come and and see what's going on and what we're about. And then two of our general meetings are open to prospective members, and that's the December and the January meeting. So you can also come and see what what those meetings look like. 
once you become a member, you go through what we call a provisional time. Can you talk a little bit more about the provisional time? The provisional class is your first year as a member of the Junior League, and it is a in-depth history lesson of what we've done over the years, how our organization works, and kind of gets you situated for what your volunteer service will look like when you become an active member. They have meetings where they meet separately and then also with the rest of, of membership. The idea is because we are a membership of about 180 women, it's daunting to, to step into a room of 180 women. So you have your class, your group of about 30 to 40 women. So you can start building your, your network, your relationships that way. And they meet regularly and they visit past projects. They do some sort of volunteer component with those past projects uh, so they can fulfill their, their direct service. And then at the end of their provisional course, they do a mini usually done in a day or a weekend type project. There's provisional, active, and sustainers. So tell Mm -hmm. us, how can you become a sustainer? A sustaining member of the Junior League is a woman who has completed at least seven years of service to the league and is choosing to essentially retire from the direct service and the day-to-day league functions, but still would like to support the Junior League. They are not committed to any placement or other or other financial obligations other than just their membership dues. Okay. So seven years of seven years of service. Well, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I need to do a year before I become a sustainer. (laughs) What impact would you like to have in the Junior League of El Paso during your presidency? I would like my impact to be that propelling forward that we've been building on and, and striving for. So I would like to be able to continue that. We have moved. We no longer are at our headquarters on Thunderbird. So I am hoping that we will accomplish finding a space for us this year. So that might also be finding our new home uh, along with the the committee that's working on that. Uh, But really also just continuing that, as I mentioned, that communication, the talking things through, recruiting members who really truly bring all that they have, all their knowledge and strengths to to our league and keeping us moving forward. Okay, thank you. And thanks for being a part of the Talking Nonprofits podcast. More information about the Junior League will be a part of our show notes. Tell somebody about Talking Nonprofits or our goal is to connect communities to nonprofits. Thank you again, Layla. I look forward to seeing your your new facility in the future. Thank you so much for having us and, and talking to us about the Junior League. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofits wherever you receive your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, 
be the difference.